I want to, we're going to be reading from Matthew chapter 1. If you've got your Bibles, you can get them out and kind of turn there. Uh, we're going to read the story about the birth of Jesus. I'll be looking in, in Luke 1 and 2 as well. But before we do, uh, I, I want to do a little intro here. And so if we can uh, dim the, uh, the house lights. Um, how many of you have ever seen the movie It's a Wonderful Life? Most of you have. Okay. Well, uh, for those of you that haven't seen it, the, the background is this. James uh, Stewart plays the part of a, um, the owner. His dad left him a savings and loan, and uh, he plays the part of a guy named George Bailey. And uh, at where this scene opens, um, his uncle, I believe his uncle Billy, uh, had misplaced a deposit of $8,000. And uh, the bank examiner's there, and they're threatening to have him arrested and turn him over uh, to the police. And, you know, he just doesn't know what to do. And so uh, George uh, is trying to borrow the money from uh, a a competitor in the business, another bank, who is kind of like Ebenezer Scrooge, you know. Uh, And so let's just uh, let's watch it for a second. We'll come up and get back into the word. All right, it's one of those mornings. And so he's begging Potter for the money, and Potter just will not give him the money. And uh, he ends up in a bar, and he's just, he's like pleading to God. And, and this is his prayer. He's like, God, you know, he says, you know, if you're there, he says, I'm not really a praying man, but if you're there, if you're there, show me the way. Show me the way. And he, and he keeps saying that over and over again. Show me the way. And, I, you know, I really wanted to use that because that's what Christmas is really about. It's about Jesus coming and showing us the way, showing us how to, uh, how to get to heaven, showing us how to um, have forgiveness of our sins, showing us how to have eternal life. And uh, I'm going to just say this morning that, you know, that God, God loves us. You know, he sent his son. There was nothing that we did. We didn't get ourselves right. And God, you know, come down and say, okay, well, here's some righteous people over here, and I'm just going to love on them, but all of these evil, wicked, you know, bad people, you know, I'm not going to have anything to do with them. The Bible says that God commended his love toward us, and while that we were still sinners, that Jesus Christ died for the ungodly. And so I want to pick up in uh, Matthew chapter 1, and uh, we're going to start with about verse, uh, verse 18. And it says that this is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, and that means sexually, before they came together sexually and intimately, that she found she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law, and yet he did not want to expose her to public disgrace, He had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. And she will give birth to a son, and you are are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. That's what the name means, Savior. Jesus means Savior, that he will save his people from their sins. And all of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. That would be 
I, the prophet Isaiah, which was written some 700 years before Jesus is even born, uh, it says, a virgin, this is what Isaiah wrote, a virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. That's what the word Emmanuel means, God with us. I want you to just focus on that, because that is going to be the, the message this morning, that God is with us. Um, and so... Uh, he says that uh, Emmanuel, which means God with us, and Joseph woke up from his dream, and he did what the angel uh, of the Lord had commanded him, and he took Mary home as his wife, but he did not consummate the marriage until she had given birth to a son, and he gave him the name, Joseph gave him the name Jesus. I'm going to just talk to you this morning, you know, just a about a few examples. The Bible is just like from Genesis to Revelation. The Bible is full of examples of where God shows up when his people, when his people are in need. When his people are in need. It's, you know, it says that his name shall be called Emmanuel because God is with us. God gave us this gift, his son Jesus. And when we think about him, you know, uh, we, we think about, I, typically we have two thoughts when we think about Jesus. We think about the birth of Jesus, and we think about the death of Jesus. We think about the, the manger, and we think about the cross. And a lot of times we forget all of that that's in between. But I want to tell you that what's in between really is, is God being with us. Now, God sent his son. He sent his son. And we can do whatever we choose to do with this son. We can, you know, read this story and just say, you know, I don't believe it. I don't want anything to do with it. You know, that's just religion. That's for people that are weak. Uh, I, I don't want anything to do with it. And, you know, you can just kind of like shove Jesus to the side, live your life the way that you want to live your life. But the Bible says that he came into his own and his own received him not. Let me just... Uh, I wish I'd have put more thought in this this morning, but uh, I'd like to, Teresa, if you would, I want you to come up, if you would, please. And I don't know your name, but I believe you're, are you from Tennessee? Where are you from? No, this guy right here. Yeah. Come here. Come up here for a second. I want both of you guys to come up here. No, you don't have to come all the way up. I want, I want to give you this right here, okay? I feel like the Lord pointed the two of you out. Now, let me just say something. You can, you can take that. You can throw it away. You can put it on a shelf. You can put it under your tree. You can give it to somebody else. I mean, it's yours to do whatever you want to with, just like Jesus is, okay? It's up to you. And so you don't ever have to open it if you don't want to. Um, you know, it's yours. It's yours to do whatever you want to with. All right. Thank you for coming up. Um, it's the same is true with Jesus. God has given us a gift in his son. And, you know, we can do whatever we want to with him. We can come, you know, and just kind of casually, you know, sing some songs on Sunday morning. Um, you, know, we, you know, we can go home the rest of the week. We can live like we want to live the rest of the week and then come back next Sunday and do it all over again. But let me tell you something. I believe that God wants you to be more than a Sunday morning Christian from 9 to or 10 to 12 o'clock, whatever time we get out of here. Um, 
I believe that he wants to be, you to be a Monday Christian, a Tuesday Christian, a, a Wednesday Christian, a Thursday Christian, a Friday and Saturday Christian, that God wants you. He wants your heart. He's passionate about you, and he loves you. Nina said that, for God so loved the world that he gave. He gave his only son. And that, you know, he came so that he could be with you, not just on Sunday morning, but that he could be with you, you know, 24-7. And so I want to give you some examples. Uh, starting back in the Old Testament, it says that uh, God called Moses. Remember when Moses was in the desert, and God spoke to Moses. He's there at the burning bush, and, uh, and he says, I want you to go and deliver my people out of Egypt. And Moses responds, and he says, who am I? that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt. And God said, listen to what God said, I will be with you. What's that mean? Come on. I'm with you. God is with you. What's that mean? All right, I'm going to have to start all over again. We're going to go back to Matthew. God is with you. Emmanuel, right? God is with you. Emmanuel. So God says to Moses, he said, I'm going to be with you. What's that mean? Emmanuel. Okay, thank you. All right. Let me read on. We go to Joshua. Joshua was a great man. He was a, you know, he was a study of, uh, understudy of Moses. And Moses couldn't take the children of Israel into the promised land. But, but God told Joshua, he said, you know, you're a mighty man of God. Joshua, Joshua was like looking around. Who are you talking about? You know, Joshua, God said, I'm talking to you. You're going to take them in. You're going to take them into the promised land. And, and listen to what, what uh, Joshua says, and God says to Joshua, God says to Joshua, no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. What's that mean? Emmanuel, thank you. He says, I will never leave you, and I'll never forsake you. And then we move on to Gideon. And Gideon, uh, Israel was oppressed at that time. There was a great oppression in the land because the children of Israel had done evil in the sight of the Lord. And God allowed their enemies to come in and the Midianites had come in. And the angel of the Lord, it says, came as Joash's son Gideon was beating out grapes or grain where the grapes were crushed to save it from the Midianites. They would come and steal their food. It was like the, the big bully in school that would come and take your lunch and beat you up and send you home crying. And that's the way the Midianites were to Israel. And it says, And the angel of the Lord showed himself to Gideon, and he said, The Lord is with you, O powerful soldier. The Lord is with you. What's that mean? Emmanuel, thank you. And Gideon said to him, Oh, sir, if the Lord is with us, why has all of this happened to us? Why are all these problems in our life? And maybe you feel like that today. Maybe you feel like, you know, things are going wrong in my life. Why am I? If God is there, if there really is a God in heaven, and God really cares about me, why are these things happening to me? Why is my marriage falling apart? Why are my finances falling apart? You know, why am I having trouble on the job? You know, why is my health falling apart? Why am I getting a bad doctor's report? Look at my children. My children are going astray. If God is with me, you know, why is all of this happening in my life? But I want you to know, I want to just tell you that God is with you. And the Bible says that, you know, that let God's be tr word be true and every man be a liar. That God is with you. You may not feel like it this morning. You may not feel God's presence in your life, but I want to tell you that God is with you. And if you just look, if you just take another look like Moses did, he could have walked right past the burning bush. And God was there speaking to him. He could have walked right past it and, you know, never heard what God said. But he took 
a moment to turn and look at the bush and God began to speak. I know in the busyness of our life, many times we, we put God on the back burner and we don't read our Bible and we don't pray and we think that, you know, we'll get to it. We'll get around to it at some point. We'll get to it. And then we have King David, great king, one of the greatest kings that Israel ever had. And Nathan the prophet went to the king and he said, whatever you have in mind, go ahead and do it for the Lord. Listen, for the Lord is with you. I'm waiting. Emmanuel. All right. All right, we're getting it. All right, that's in uh, 2 Samuel chapter 7. And then we see in Jeremiah, we're moving forward to the New Testament, but uh, before we get there, he says, Before I formed you in the womb, listen to this, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. That's, a, that's, that's not just a message for Jeremiah. That's a message for every one of us here in this place today. God's saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nation. Alas, sovereign Lord, Jeremiah began to say. He said, I don't know how to speak. I'm too young. And the Lord said to me, do not say that I'm too young. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you to. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you. Emmanuel. All right. And I will rescue you. And then Nebuchadnezzar, move up to, to Daniel. He was a, a, this is a, one of the, this is the first world kingdom, the first world government. Uh, and uh, Nebuchadnezzar was the king of that government, Babylon. He was the king of Babylon. And he had made this giant statue that was about 90 foot tall. And he, the word went out to his entire kingdom that when the, when the music starts, you know, I don't want you to sit down, but when the music starts, I want you to bow down and I want you to worship the golden statue. But there were some men from uh, Israel there. They were Jewish men and they knew that it was wrong, that idol worship was wrong. And they said that we will not bow down. We will not worship a golden statue. And Nebuchadnezzar was furious, it said, with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And his attitude toward them changed. And he ordered the furnace, listen to this, to be heated seven times hotter than usual and commanded some of the strongest soldiers in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to throw them in the blazing furnace. And so these men, wearing their robes and their trousers and their turbans and other clothes, were bound and thrown into a blazing furnace. And the king's command was so urgent and the furnace was so hot that the flames of the fire killed the soldiers that took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, firmly tied, fell into the blazing furnace. And the king, Nebuchadnezzar, leaped to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, weren't there three men that we tied up and threw into the fire? And they replied, certainly, your majesty. And he said, look, I see four men walking around in the fire unbound and unharmed. And the fourth man looks like the Son of God. What does that mean? Who is that fourth man? Emmanuel, I'm with you. I will be with you in the fire. I'll be with you wherever you're going. The problems that you're facing today, God's saying, I will be with you. I will be with you. I don't care how they tie you up. I don't care how they bind you. God's saying, I will be with you. Amen? All right. And then we move over. And Daniel... You know, the word came, nobody can pray except to anybody but the king. You cannot pray to anyone but the king. But Daniel said, you know what? I got a God in, in heaven. He's always been faithful to me. He's always been true to me. I will never forsake him. He's never going to forsake me, and I'm never going to forsake him. Well, some of the men were watching Daniel. This was a trick. It was a trap. 
And they went to the king and they said, you've passed a law that says that no one can pray to any other God except to you, O king. And uh, it's according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, it can't be changed. And so the king, you know, unwillingly, but according to the law, had to throw Daniel into the lion's den. And it says here, uh, the king's order, the king ordered, and they brought Daniel and threw him into the lion's den. And the king said to Daniel, may your God, whom you continually serve, rescue you or be with you. Emmanuel. He says at first light, the king got up. It says the king couldn't sleep all night long, but he got up at first light, and the king hurried to the lion's den. And when he came near the den, he called out to Daniel in an anguished voice, and he said, Daniel, servant of the Most High God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to rescue you from the lions? And Daniel answered, May the king live forever. My God has sent his angel. He shut the mouth of the lion, and they have not hurt me because I was innocent in his sight. Emmanuel, God was with Daniel in the lion's den. And then the Bible says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you, Emmanuel. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned, nor shall the flames scorch you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Fear not, for I am with you, Emmanuel. All right. And then the Lord spoke to Paul in the night by a vision. And he said, do not be afraid, but speak and do not keep silent for I am with you, Emmanuel, and no one will attack you to hurt you for I have many people in this city. And then Paul says, and this is kind of interesting. This is from the message translation. He said at my preliminary hearing, no one stood with me or by me. They all ran like scared rabbits, but it doesn't matter. The master stood by me, Emmanuel, And helped me to spread the message loud and clear to those who have never heard it. I was snatched from the jaws of the lion. God looking after me. Keeping me safe in the kingdom of heaven. All praise to him. and uh, All praise to him. Praise forever. Oh yes. And when hard pressed I cried to the Lord. And he brought me into a spacious uh, place. This is David. And the Lord is with me. Emmanuel. I will not be afraid. What can mortal men do to me? The Lord is with me. Emmanuel, he is my helper. I looked in triumph on my enemies. So what makes all of these men great? We read these stories over and over and over again. You know, the greatness of these men is that they believed God. They had faith in God. And because they believed God and had faith in God, that God was with them in their hour of need. And I want you to know, these are not just, this is not just a history lesson that we're sharing this morning. The Bible says that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is with you. He is with you. You know, I came across this story. It says after World War I, this was after the war, and Europe was devastated. It said the United States allocated funds for orphans in Europe. And at one of the orphanages, uh, an old man very thin and sickly looking, brought in a very young um, and frail little girl. And he said, I'd like you to take her in. Please take care of my, my daughter. And they asked him if she was his daughter, and he said yes. And they were very sorry, they said, but our rules are that we can't take any children if either of the parents are living. But he said, I've been in a prison camp, and now I'm too old. And weak, I'm too sick to take care of her. And she will die if you don't take care of her. They felt compassion 
but they told him there wasn't anything they could do. And then the man said, are you telling me that if I die, you'll take care of my daughter and that she can live and have clothes and have food and have a home and a warm place to stay? And they said, yes. And then the father reached down and pulled the little girl up. He hugged her and he kissed her. And then he put her hand in the hand of the man at the desk. And he said, I'll arrange it. And he walked out of the orphanage and hung himself. This is exactly what Jesus did. I believe that Jesus one day looked at the father. And he said, Father, are you telling me that if I die, they can live? And the father said, yes. And he said, I'll arrange it. And that night, before he went to the cross, he agonized in the garden. And he said, Lord, if there's any other way, if there's any other way, let this cup, this cup of death, this cup of beating, this cup of sorrow, this cup of being despised and rejected, this cup of crucifixion, he said, if there's any other way, let it pass. And there wasn't any other way. And Jesus took my hand and your hand and put it in the Father's hand and said, I'll arrange it. Won't you stand with me? If you would, just please bow your head for a moment, close your eyes. I just want to say to you that God has given you a gift in his son, Jesus Christ. And that's really what Christmas is about. God came to earth in the form of a little baby, grew up, was despised and rejected by men, and went to the cross to die for my sins and for your sins. God has given you a gift. We talked about it earlier, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. I just want to ask you, do you want to receive him? Do you want to receive God's gift this Christmas season? I'm going to ask you to just raise your hand. No one's looking around. But if you want to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, Thank you, thank you, thank you. Please, you can put your hands down now. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And you just simply just say a prayer like this. Father, I know that I'm a sinner, and I know that you sent your son Jesus to die for my sins. And today, I want to receive the gift, the Christmas present that you sent. And I receive your son Jesus into my heart and into my life, knowing that he died for my sins and knowing that your word says that by his blood that he shed on Calvary's cross, my sins can be forgiven. I accept that Christmas present and ask that you would today write my name in the Lamb's Book of Life. I'm going to ask our worship team if you guys would come back up. I'm going to ask our prayer ministers if you would go and just kind of stand against that wall. While they're coming up, we're going to sing one last song and then we'll close. But if anybody needs prayer for any reason at all, 
Let me just ask you if you just go stand, you know, uh, over where our prayer ministers are against this north wall here, and let them pray for you. There's, you know, there may be something going on in your life. Maybe there's uh, an issue that we've already talked about in your marriage or at your work or in your finances. Maybe there's a health issue. I tell you, there's no problem. Our God is bigger than any problem that you have this morning. And not only is he able, but he's willing. Remember the leper that came to Jesus? Leprosy was an incurable disease. And he said, Lord, if you're willing, you can heal me of my leprosy. And Jesus looked at him and said, willing? Willing? God is able. He's able to do so much more than we think. So let your requests be made known to him. Let your prayers be heard. The Bible says where two or more agree together in prayer, it'll be done for them. I encourage you to go and pray with one of our prayer ministers. And, you know, just as we we go out, as we walk out, I know it's a busy time of, of season. It's a busy time of year. We're, you know, busy shopping and cooking and decorating. And when I read about the, uh, and this is one of my, my greatest fears for myself and, and, and for you, the congregation. When I read about shepherds, shepherds in the field, and a heavenly host of angels visiting them, it says that they were in awe and wonder. Have you lost your awe and wonder? You know, just if you have, just say, Lord, restore it. Uh, you know, it was just like everyone was amazed, you know. Zachariah was amazed. Elizabeth was amazed. The people were amazed. The the shepherds were amazed. They said, let's go see this thing. Let's go see this thing that the angels have spoke about. And I just want to ask you that, you know, don't get so caught up in in life, in the busyness of life, of shopping and presents and finances and, you know, all of the things that go with it. You know, don't lose your awe. Don't lose your wonder. Be amazed today because this story is just amazing today, 2,000 years uh, later than it was. It's just amazing today as it was then, 2,000 years ago. Let God restore. It's my prayer. Father, I just ask that you would restore our awe and wonder. And let us be amazed at how much you loved us, that you sent your son to die for us, Lord. We thank you for that in Jesus' name.